Good morning and welcome to our worship service. We're glad that you're here. Jared, before you get away, do you have an invitation song? 904. We appreciate Jared leading our singing this morning. And we're thankful that you're here. And we pray that our worship today will be beneficial to you as we lift our voices to God in praise. We're going to be looking at Mark chapter 10 in, a, in just a moment, the passage that Jordan read. If you're visiting, as always, we invite you to come back and be with us. We're so grateful for your presence. We always want to encourage those who are visiting to come back. It might be that you're looking for a church home. We would encourage you to consider the work here. We'd love to have you come and be a part of the church family here. We appreciate so much the opportunity that we have to come together on the first day of the week as God's people to worship Him in spirit and in truth. We have a number of people that are battling a stomach virus, and we want to remember them in prayer. We hope and pray that Billy will be back with us soon and others that are battling a similar illness. The Bible speaks of Jesus as the great physician. Dr. Jesus had the ability to heal not just the body, but the soul. I want to introduce you to a patient of Dr. Jesus. His name was Bartimaeus. And the Bible speaks of Jesus, Dr. Jesus, healing this man. And so I want to call attention today to the theme, Dr. Jesus. As we contemplate this particular case, and there are a number of cases revealed in the gospel record, I want to specifically to look at Dr. Jesus's interaction with a patient by the name of Bartimaeus. I want to begin by talking about the pitiful condition of Bartimaeus. There is a diagnosis given about this man. The Bible tells us that he was blind. Listen, if you would, to Mark's account in verse 46. Then they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. Physically speaking, this man was unable to see. He was, as we would say, a blind man. There are a lot of disabilities that people have in this world. Blindness has to be one of the most difficult disabilities to deal with. I mean, imagine never seeing a sunrise or sunset. Never having the opportunity to observe visually the change of seasons. Never being able to see the majesty of the mountains the green grass, the beautiful flowers, 
What about a human face? Can you imagine not being able to see a human face? Not being able to look at somebody in their eyes? To see their smile? To watch, observe a newborn baby? This man was a blind man. Now, we talk about physical blindness. The Bible also speaks of spiritual blindness. There are many people today who are spiritually blind. There is the danger of being blinded by Satan. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in verse 4, said, In whom the God of this age, the God of this world, has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. There are people all around this globe that have been spiritually blinded by the devil. They are blind first and foremost to the problem of sin. Isn't it amazing that we live in a day and time in which there are a lot of people that when you talk about sin, to them it seems old-fashioned, outdated. And yet, Here's what the Bible says. There is none righteous, no, not one. Or listen to what Paul said in Romans 3, verse 23. He said, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. John said that sin is the transgression of the law. Somebody might ask the question, well, what law are we talking about, the law of God? God is the creator And as the Creator, He has imposed His will, His law, on the human family. Not only are people blind to the problem of sin, but they're blind to the peril of sin. There are a lot of folks in our world today that sadly are living in sin and they do not understand. How dangerous it is to live an unredeemed life. I mean, think about what Ezekiel said. This prophet of God said, centuries before Jesus came to earth, the soul that sins, it shall surely die. Paul would say in Romans chapter 6 verse 23, the wages of sin is death. Paul would later say in Ephesians chapter 2 that those who are outside a covenant relationship with the Lord, they are without hope and without God in this world. You think about stepping out into eternity unprepared to meet God. That's really the danger, the peril of living in sin. And sometimes people forget just how close We are to eternity. 
Was it not David that said that there is but a step between death and me? Who knows, as Solomon asked centuries ago, what a day may bring forth. We don't know what's on tomorrow. And so, there's the danger associated with the problem of sin and then the peril of sin. Now the Bible tells us that Satan is the one that blinds people. But not only does he blind, but he binds them. Jesus would say in John chapter 8, verse 34, that those who live in sin are literally the bondservants of sin. In other words, they are, as Paul would say in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 26, they are people that have been taken captive by the devil to do his will. They are imprisoned by him. And here's the thing. When you live in sin, the longer you live in that spiritual state, the more difficult it becomes to extract yourself from that way of life. There are a lot of people in prison today. There are prisons all over, all over America. And they're filled with people that have committed some very heinous crimes. It's fascinating to learn. Many of those convicts, when freed, will go out and commit a crime so that they can go back to prison. Why? Because that's where they feel comfortable. That's their home. Let me tell you what, you can live in sin so long that it will feel like home to you. You don't want to leave it. You get so caught up in a way of life, it's very difficult to just give it up, to walk away from it. Not only was Bartimaeus blind, but the scripture says he was a beggar. Listen again to what Mark said concerning Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. He sat by the road begging. Here's a guy that was destitute. In all probability, unable to hold a steady job. So he's a beggar. Is that not what sin does to people? Leaves them in a state of destitution? Here's the deal. When you choose to live in sin, if we choose to live a life of sin, it robs us in so many ways. It robs us in many respects physically. Just look around. And note the number of people that have abused their physical bodies. They have so abused their bodies that they are disabled, destitute. They can't work. They can't provide for their family. They've abused dope. They've abused alcohol. They have been so enslaved to a life of sin that their body... is worn out. Here's what Paul said in Galatians chapter 6. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you abuse your body physically because of a sinful lifestyle, it'll catch, it'll catch up with you. 
And there are a lot of people that are walking statistics today. Not only will it rob you physically, it'll rob you mentally. There are people in our world, it might be the case that you're here today. And because of a lifestyle that is outside the will of God, you're grinding day to day, grinding in guilt and anxiety. You can't sleep at night. You can't stay focused in life. You know something is not right. It's out of balance. Mentally, you're tired. Solomon said in Proverbs 13, verse 15, the way of the transgressor is hard. You choose to live a life of sin. Let me tell you what, you can expect a lot of mental anguish. Now, you may try to bear that guilt, but over time, you know what it's going to do? It's going to destroy you. There has to be an outlet for the guilt that you feel in this life. That outlet is Dr. Jesus. And then there are people that have been robbed financially. Amazes me the number of people, some hardworking, good-natured, that literally throw their life's savings away, living in sin. You remember the prodigal son received his inheritance, took that inheritance, and the Bible says he went out into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Sin can break you financially. There are, there are people in this city and in the Mid-South area they have thrown their life savings away gambling. It's just one example. And then sin will rob you, most importantly, spiritually. If you're living in sin, you don't have a relationship with your Creator. You don't have a relationship with God or with His Son, Jesus Christ. Could I ask you this morning... What could be more important than having a relationship with the Lord? There's nothing. Again, Paul said the wages of sin, it's death, separation from God eternally. So, we talk about the pitiful condition of Bartimaeus. I want you to think with me in the second place of the persistent cry of Bartimaeus. This was a determined man. That's what Mark tells us. Listen again as Mark narrates this account. In verse 47, Mark said, when he heard that it was Jesus, that is when Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, Son of David. Let's pause there for a minute. His was a precise cry. 
Precise in the sense that he cried out to Dr. Jesus. Here's what you need to see. Dr. Jesus was the only doctor that could help him. When we talk about sin, there is only one doctor that can help. It's not Dr. Buddha. It's not Dr. Muhammad. It's Dr. Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Luke said, neither is there salvation in any other. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Here is a guy, physically blind, and yet in a very precise way, he cries out to Jesus. And interestingly, Dr. Jesus is the only one that could have helped him. So we have the fact that it was a precise cry and it was a personal cry. Listen, listen to what Mark said concerning Bartimaeus. He cried out and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This guy wanted some mercy. Active pity. He looked at Dr. Jesus for mercy. Here's what the Bible says in, in Ephesians chapter 2 at verse 4. But God who is rich in mercy, for the great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sin, made us alive together with him. By grace are you saved. Dr. Jesus is in the business of extending mercy. And there's a lesson there for us. Because sometimes, as members of the human family, we, like Bartimaeus, we want mercy. We want God to be merciful to us. But then if somebody wrongs us, says something we don't like, and then ask that we forgive them, our response is, I'm not going to forgive you. I'm not going to have any mercy on you. That's just your tough luck. The Bible says that judgment is without mercy to him who has shown no mercy in James 2. This guy wanted mercy. He wanted mercy from Almighty God, Jesus, the Son of God. And then think about the persistence of his cry. He cried out and said, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Mark said in verse 48 that many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus did not let anyone keep him from Dr. Jesus. He understood that he needed Dr. Jesus and nobody was going to keep him from him. So what about you? Is there something keeping you from Dr. Jesus? Is it your family? Is it your allegiance to your mama and your daddy? 
your brothers and sister? Is it your allegiance to your mate, your husband, your wife? Jesus said, if any man come to me and hate not or love less father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Maybe your family is keeping you from Dr. Jesus. Bartimaeus, he didn't let these folks keep him from the good doctor. He recognized his need, and nobody was going to keep him from him. What about your friends? Do you have friends? Are you running in circles today? Are you running with a crowd that if you, if you told them, I'm going to become a Christian or I am a Christian, they laugh at you, poke fun at you, give you a hard time, make it rough for you to live a Christian life. I want to say to you today, it's, they're not worth it. Paul said, be not deceived. Evil companionship corrupts good morals. If you run with the devil's crowd, you'll act like the devil. So what you need to do is understand that Dr. Jesus doesn't want you to let your family or your friends keep you from serving him. What about fleeting pleasures? Are there things in this world that I could do that would bring me instant joy and gratification? The answer is yes. You remember Moses? He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. The writer of Hebrews said that in chapter 11. Please listen very carefully. You can go to hell and have a great time. People do it every day. Sin can be fun. But the consequences are not worth it. Are you letting the fleeting pleasures of this life keep you away from Dr. Jesus? Dr. Jesus wants to help. He's in the helping business, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. So his cry was precise, it was personal, and it was persistent. There's a third thing I want you to see in our study. It has to do with the profound cure of Bartimaeus. And here we think about the delight of this man. There are two things that stand out in this third point about Bartimaeus. The first thing that stands out in my mind is that Dr. Jesus had time for Bartimaeus. Listen now to what the text says. Many warned him, verse 48, to be quiet, but he cried out, All the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be, call, to be called. I want to pause there for just a minute. Jesus stood still. Ever gone to the doctor's office? You finally get in to see the physician, and it's as if he, he or she maybe runs in on two wheels and runs out on two wheels. You ever feel like your doctor just won't listen to you? Like they got so many irons in the fire they don't have time to really listen to what you have to say, to diagnose your problem? 
I, I know that there are a lot of people. They've experienced that problem. It's like, it's like the doctor just doesn't have time. Jesus has time. He has time for you. His time was such that he called Bartimaeus. Did you know Dr. Jesus is calling you through the gospel today? The Bible says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Mark said, not only did Jesus call this man, but this man came to Jesus. Listen to what it said. Jesus stood still, commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. This guy came to Dr. Jesus. That's the only guy that could help him. And now he has the opportunity to be in the presence. He has a one-on-one -on -one with Dr. Jesus. The man that can cure him. What about you today? Dr. Jesus is calling. Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. Please don't make the mistake of thinking that the Lord doesn't have time for you. He's got time and he's calling you through the gospel. Over and over again, he's expressing his love and his concern and his care for you. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish that all should come to repentance. Dr. Jesus is the only doctor that can give you his absolute undivided attention. That's the kind of doctor he is. So, Dr. Jesus had time for Bartimaeus. Not only did he have time, but he had the treatment for Dr. Jesus. I want you to listen now to what is said. Throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? Think about it like this. Dr. Jesus could help this man. Have you been to a doctor recently? and discussed some kind of physical problem that you're having. And the doctor told you, I can't help you. I can't do anything for you physically. I wonder how many people will go to the doctor this week and they'll hear the words, you have cancer. And they'll qualify that by saying, not only do you have cancer, but it's terminal. Can't help you. Got a few months to live. Dr. Jesus, he can help you. 
You may feel like today you're beyond help. It may be that your life of sin has beaten you down to the point that you're looking up at the curb, as they say. You don't feel like there is one bit, one bit of, of hope, one bit of help out there. I want you to know that's what the devil wants you to think. He wants you to think you're beyond hope. You are unredeemable. He wants you to get in your mind that there's no way a loving God in heaven could ever do anything for you. Well, Dr. Jesus, he can help you. Not only can Dr. Jesus help you, Dr. Jesus can heal you. Here's what the record says. Jesus said to this man, what do you want me to do for you? And this blind man said, Rabboni, literally my great one, that I may receive my sight. Nobody had been able to help him before. Nobody had been able to do anything for his physical blindness. And so Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Not only did Dr. Jesus help him, Dr. Jesus healed him. Isaiah, some seven centuries before Jesus came to earth, prophesied of the suffering servant. And he said that it would be by his stripes that we would be healed. There's a song that we sing. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Dr. Jesus can heal you spiritually. So your life's a wreck. So you're in shambles. So you're paying a heavy price because you have chosen a lifestyle. You've chosen a lifestyle that is outside the will of God. I've got good news for you. Not only can Dr. Jesus help you, He can heal you. He can take care of your sin problem. He is the great physician. There, there is nobody that compares to Him. When it comes to sin, there's only one doctor that can help. It's Dr. Jesus. And you need to know him. You need to know what he can do for you and what he will do with you. I ask you today, are you a patient of Dr. Jesus? All of us who are Christians... We're patients. We recognize that only Dr. Jesus could help us. Only Dr. Jesus could heal us. Isaiah said, though your sins be like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Would you let Jesus wash away all of your sins today? What do you need to do?
You need to believe that He is the Son of God. Jesus said, except you believe that I am He, you'll die in your sins. John 8, verse 24. Jesus said, not only must we believe in Him, but we must repent. Except you repent, you'll all likewise perish. Jesus said, Dr. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned, Mark 16, 16. Dr. Jesus has the prescription. He can help you. He can heal you. But guess what? You know, there are people out in the world today, they're battling a lot of problems, physically speaking. Some battling mentally. And they know that there are doctors that can help them, but they won't go to the doctor. They'll tell you, I don't have anything to do with a doctor. Don't want to have anything to do. A lot of people won't come to Dr. Jesus, but I'm telling you today, Dr. Jesus is here to help. He's here to heal. If you're unfaithful to his cause, why not come home? The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why not come to Dr. Jesus today?